Made off the streets, I came up from a crumb. 2000 just for the shoes I put on. Spin out and do a 360 for nothing. Freestyling while I got cush on my lung. Crack out Burberry, that's what I'm on. Packed out the club, that's a quarter million. High price fashion, Italian Milan. She get attached and I'm going on a run. Took the good batch and I can't feel my tongue. Hundreds of baddies, it's hard to choose one. Green like the shooters, it's already done. Green like the shooters, they already on you. Take a few addies and go on the coma. Taking and rapping, them bills, my diploma. Driving my space crew, going to Daytona. Lie around the corner like Ronald McDonald's. Count on my llama, you call me your bummer. Ripping that bird like the number one stunner. Put on reserve, she call when I wanna. Hopping a vertigo over 200. She kept it real with her shout out Shalanda. I bought a Gucci, she bought me a chopper. Running in sex is bringing me problems. But I'm at my best when I'm running through models. Look at your range, you done dipped them in vodka. Talking a million, your pussy, I got. Came out the travel hood, nigga, Romada. Hold in the back with a truck in the front. What's going on everybody, it's your boy Jordan And this is Desmond And welcome to episode 21 of Two Black Nerds That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support and of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. We got a lot to get to today, man. Got a lot of great topics to talk about. We obviously got to chat about the Lovebirds. We just had that movie premiere on Netflix this past Friday. We hosted a very special Two Black Nerds movie club movie night to watch that and show support to the new Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani movie, the new comedy. We got to talk about this release, the Snyder Cut information. Oh my goodness. It's finally happening. HBO Max will release the Snyder Cut. We'll talk about that. And we also got a bunch of other things to, to chat about. Some new trailers. Chris Nolan's new movie, Tenet, as well as Spike Lee's next movie, The Five Bloods, premiering on Netflix. And a huge host of other things to get to. Uh, but before we do all of that, man, I just want to you know check in with you, ask you how you're doing. It's Memorial Day weekend as we're recording this. Just want to check in, man. How are you feeling this week? Boy. Uh, I've been pretty good, man. You know, um, I think a lot of my sadness comes from other people's ignorance right now, because uh, <laughs> niggas is still outside. Whatever, <laughs> outside like they like, don't care, man. It's like crazy. These niggas is outside, outside, like yeah. Outside. I know you saw that saw that video from uh, Lake of the Ozarks. Bruh. All them people outside, Bruh. like at that like, pool. What is what is even the point, like? One there's one too many people, or without way too many people. I mean, and there's no way that you can have fun. You're just sitting in water with disease <laughs> in it, just like, everywhere in the you air. Can't play with no beach balls, or you can. All y'all doing is having conversations with disease in it. What's what, there's no fun. I don't get it. Any yeah. Anyways, I'm doing all right, man. Um, haven't been outside too much. Like I probably shouldn't be, but exactly. Uh, same old, same old. Um, really, same old. Watching movies, playing video games, the usual. Um, I just, True I that. just been chilling, dog. How about yourself? How are you? Man, the same. Playing it safe, staying inside, not not risking it, going out with uh, 
a thousand people at a pool or at a beach or anything like that. Uh, we've certainly seen certain parts of the country have um, fast tracked their uh, their road to getting back to normal life, and uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, considering we know we know the numbers of how many people have uh, already passed away from this, this is certainly not over. But you know, people are going. They're going to make their choices mm-hmm. and they're going to have to live with it one way or another, whether they have to suffer from it or not. But other than that, man, I've been fine. Just, you know, still blessed, obviously, to still have things, you know, be safe and healthy along my way. But, you know, I'm in no rush to get things back to normal. Yeah. I'm, 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 you know, certainly, you know, in the parking lot until things are ready to sort of resume normal activity activity hopefully you know in the near future but certainly not going to rush that process at all so definitely as you all are out this memorial day weekend um you know certainly hope everybody has been safe and having a great weekend as much as possible but doing doing it in the most responsible way um that you can but with all that said let's just go go ahead and dive right into this week and, and talk about um our topics for episode 21 so we just hosted a movie night another two black nerds movie night this past weekend Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a very special one because this was the first one that we hosted that aligned with the premiere of a movie, which was The Lovebirds that just came out again this past Friday on Netflix. Um, It is the new comedy film uh, from Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani. You are unbelievable. Looks like love is finally found. She's running too now. Kind of slow, like she's wearing heels that look actually amazing. We have to go to the police because we have nothing to hide. Why did you run from the scene of the crime? Good question, officer. That's me covering up my body cam so I can beat your ass. We're so fucked. We just need to find the guy the police are looking for. Are you suggesting we actually go out there and solve a murder? It's locked. Did you think it was one of those men only doors? All we need is a name, and then we're in the clear. Hey man, it's been a minute. (laughs) Who the fuck are you? Who do you work for, you little bitch? You little beanbag ballist bitch? Yeah, if you think about your grandma and that furry beanbag bitch. What? These people are super dangerous and they're really powerful. Oh, shit. We have impostors. Oh no, impostors. That sucks. Everyone, unmask yourself. Oh shit. Nobody else took their masks off. Yeah. I'm gonna give you lovebirds a choice. What's behind this door? Or bacon grease to the fight? I don't want grease on my pies. Is it gonna shit on me? Oh! Take the grease. Free up, my love. 
Um, this film was originally supposed to come out in theaters from Paramount, but because of everything happening, Paramount decided to go ahead and sell the movie to Netflix instead of delaying the release or sending it straight to VOD for purchase. They sold it to Netflix, and so now it's premiered. Uh, the movie is directed by Michael Showalter, who, if you don't know him, you probably have seen The Big Sick, also starring Camille Nanjani. Um, and it's written by Aaron Abrams and Brendan Gall. And so far, it has about a 67% score on Rotten Tomatoes. And so we saw the trailers for this movie a few months ago when things were you know, still normal <laughs> and still active. Um, however, things have certainly changed. And so we got a chance to just sit here at home and watch the film. And we got to watch it with a few people who joined in for our movie night. Just want to send a thank you um, out to everybody who decided to join along with yes. us and use our hashtag and live tweet about the film. It was certainly a fun experience uh, this past Friday night. But with all of that said, we have now seen the movie, so we want to absolutely give our thoughts on it. Um, So just to get started off, man, what are your first impressions about The Lovebirds? I like it. I really do like it. Um, I'm sure somewhere deep down when Michael Showalter or when Aaron Abrams and Brandon Gall were writing this, they were like, huh, what if we made a date night to? And that's exactly what this movie is. Um, They found a way to make another date night, but in 2020. Uh, And as um, one of our one of our two black nerds friends said, she said uh, in color. (laughs) She said in color uh, because you know good observation. Good observation. So um, it's really dope, man. Um, It was funny. Uh, It's it's kind of what I expected it to be, maybe a little more. just because of the nature of the film. Although I love Issa and Kumail, I don't know, something about it. I was like, I think I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't know how much I'm going to enjoy it. And I actually ended up enjoying it more than I expected. Um, it was, like I said, it was funny. Issa and Kumail have great chemistry, I think. Um, it was cool seeing, you know, of course, two minority uh, actors on, on, the, on the screen, you know, just watching them do what they do. Um, Issa, to me... Person, she doesn't disappoint uh, when she's on the screen. She's always funny. Kumail's always funny. I've, I've followed Kumail for a very long time, um, whether it be stuff like The Big Sick or I've watched him very co- closely in um, Silicon Valley, uh, stuff like that. And he's still as funny as ever. So um, I definitely give his movie a thumbs up. Um, I think the critic score so far might be pretty close to accurate. Um, maybe I would say a li- even a little higher in my mind. Uh, maybe I would give it a nice... I don't know, seventy five percent, maybe not, maybe sixty seven isn't to where it needs to be. But all in all, I laughed a lot and I loved it, man. Um, it was a good at home. I'm not doing anything Friday night movie um, that I could enjoy. What What about you? What's your thoughts? Um, that that last point that you made, I think, is uh pretty much it kind of sums up how I feel about the movie. In that, it's definitely I think a good experience to watch at home. Uh, Now that we've seen it, I don't necessarily know if I would have been happy to go and see this in theaters Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. Um, One primarily being the runtime. It's it's under 90 minutes, so it breezes by, which I think is actually a benefit to the film. But if I had gone to theaters to see it, I probably would have been a little bit disappointed because it's like I would have wanted a little bit more Mm -hmm. from it. Um, But I think it's definitely something to enjoy at home. What I'll say about the movie is that I agree, you know, Kumail, Issa, 
both of them, their performances, they really uh, stood out. I think the film really highlighted both of their strengths. Their chemistry was certainly on point the entire time. And they definitely had some really funny moments. I laughed more than I expected to as well. Uh, and I also think Issa, man, she's really she's really doing well for herself. I'm very impressed with her. Um, I have not seen a performance from her so far that I have not enjoyed. Uh, I think she's certainly stepping up to the plate when it comes to being at the forefront of these movies. The only thing about the film is that I just wish, like, I wish we could have Kumail and Issa in a movie together for, like, seven more movies, but I wish it was just, like, different from yeah. this. Like, I wish I wish they had better stuff to do personally, yeah. just because, like, the film, I'll say that it starts off really strong. I really, really liked those first, like, 15 minutes mm-hmm. or so. I was really into it. You see, like, them fall in love, like, really fast. That, that spark is there. That chemistry is there. And then you fast forward a few years, and all shit is just crazy now. Like, they hate each other. Typical relationship shit for most of us, I would say. Like, everybody's kind of been through that experience where you just – you just kind of, you know, you're not feeling person after a while. Um, and I, I really like seeing that sort of dissension between the two. Um, she obviously had her gripes with him. He d- he certainly didn't like, I think he thought she was probably like a little vain and, and a little self-consumed in, in like her social media life and stuff. So they had a lot of great banter back yeah. and forth. And through all of like the hijinks and shit that they had going on, they were able to rediscover their love, which is like a great message. Yep. Um, but there's so much like crazy shit that happens it goes all over the place you're like what's going on like they had that they had that illuminati eyes wide shut sort of moment that happened in the movie they're running into all sorts of murderers and killers and frat boys like it goes everywhere um and i think at certain points i was just kind of distracted by all of the shenanigans you know what i'm saying so So chaos i yeah so much chaos and and you know i understand that it was like trying to sort of present these really crazy over-the-top scenarios to help them sort of rediscover that love for each other. But I, I just wish that I could have had these two pair together in a better movie. Um, and maybe we will get that in the future. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully they work together again soon because I do like uh, both of them a lot. So it was it was, it was was fine. Um, I think I'm kind of in the middle about the movie. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, but I do, you know, I do appreciate the fact that I could just kind of sit home and watch and I didn't have to, like, make a trip to go to the yeah, movies to see sure. it. I think it's going to be a great TV movie i will say my favorite part um about the film was just the banter between the two uh the joke the small jokes it was like my kind of comedy and it was like so perfect the whole time i I found myself laughing at almost anything they said that was like under where it was like milkshake monologues or you know what i mean it was funny every time so i I definitely yeah they're both like really good yeah they're both crazy Um, good at stuff like that so yeah like the quick witty banter Mm um I, i i gotta ask you about this like what is the deal with like the whispering like when people are like talking at these like hush undertones for like minutes at a time because it's like that one you know this isn't spoil like a spoiler but there's one moment where they're sort of being interrogated and you know there's like a threat of torture and they're like sitting right in front of the person who has them you know sort of kidnapped and they're whispering and i'm just thinking like they could definitely hear you like y'all are whispering but you're right there you know what i'm saying and like they did that like two or three times in the movie and i'm just like why are we why are we whispering and i wonder like do we do that in real life? Like, do we just like have this natural yeah. sort of inclination and just like default to like a whisper tone? Maybe we do. I don't know. But it, I found that kind of weird. But it was it was funny because they would do it for like three <laughs> minutes or four yeah. minutes at a time. I'm like, y'all are still really whispering right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it was on purpose for sure. 
because uh i don't know it could be part of the comedy dude uh just i think yeah. people do naturally do that if there's three people in the room but you only want to talk to one other person even though they're right there you you might still talk a little more quiet <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious yeah. i feel like kumail did that a lot in stuber too with uh i Batista. think he did like yeah, yeah i think he did yeah mm-hmm. He had a lot of those moments. So I, I found that kind of amusing um, how much that happened. But it's, yeah, it's it's a crazy movie. And I, again, I think for it to be so short, I think it's like 87 minutes. It's such a quick watch. Yeah. I don't, it's it's nothing to lose by watching it. Um, but, you know, I, I, think, I think it kind of fits very well with like the Netflix brand of yeah, movies. Like they have, they have a very fair share of like romantic comedies or comedies in general. So it kind of fits really well with that. And like, again, like you m- mentioned, it, it might be just like a great stay at home mm-hmm. TV type of movie that you can just watch and enjoy for, for a quick, for a quick bit right. there. So yeah, shout out to them for that movie. Um, I wonder how many more movies we'll see get sold to Netflix or other streaming services throughout the year. Um, I think, I think for these smaller films, like these, these comedies and maybe even some future horror movies, um, we'll certainly see like a, a place be made for them on a Netflix because to delay the film probably isn't mm-hmm. worth it. You know what I mean? Because they probably didn't cost that much money. I couldn't imagine that this movie cost that much right. money. So they probably just would rather take an upfront payment and just like give it to a streaming service so people can watch it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we'll see it more happen in the Most future. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you definitely, again, if you tuned in with us, during the movie night again just want to thank you all um it was a really fun time to see other people's thoughts and tweets about the about the film and i I think generally most people who watched it liked it so we'll certainly be looking at uh looking out for new movies in the future uh to figure out when our next movie night will be and we'll let you all know what that is but in the meantime if you've seen the lovebirds definitely let us know what you think about the film hit us up on social media at two black nerds on twitter and instagram and share your thoughts uh so with that said man let's uh let's go ahead and move on to a very controversial oh, topic Lord. something that's been in the making for years at this it's point really happening. we found out <laughs> this past week it's actually happening it's actually coming warner brothers and hbo max will finally release the snyder cut of justice league it's really coming y'all wow. this is crazy this has been in the works for years at this point I I'm actually surprised. I didn't expect this to be a thing, but here we are. Um, but just to give a little bit of background before we really dive into this, um, you know, this past week, Zack Snyder, the director of Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman and uh, Justice League. He's the credited director for Justice League. He hosted a watch party for Man of Steel. There were a lot of rumors coming out coming out that he would make an announcement that his version of the of the Justice League would finally be released at some point. Um, and lo and behold, that is the case. That is the truth. It is coming out. Uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League is what I think they're calling it, will be coming in 2021 on HBO Max. Um, there's a lot of details here that we'll you know, sort of go go through and break down as we talk about and dissect this topic. But just give me your initial thoughts on, man, what, what, what do you think about this news that the, that the Snyder cut is actually man, happening? For so Justice first League? of all, I was, I've never been a hundred percent that this thing actually existed. <laughs> I've never been a hundred percent, whether um, it was Henry Cavill that said, release it, or I don't care who said release it. There was never a, a bone in my body that was just like, yes, this thing actually exists until just now, like until, HBO said, no, this thing's coming out until Zack Snyder actually himself was like, no, we have partnered (laughs) and this thing is coming out. So I'm still kind of in shock 
um, that it's actually happening. Um, there were little snippets, of course, uh, that we've or uh, ideas and blueprints, you know, that we've seen over time that has showed that this this the Snyder Cut might exist. And, um, you know, of course, I'm interested. You know, how can I not be interested? Right. Because there's so many things that the Zack Snyder Cut is supposed to include. Um, I'm also interested because I did not like Justice League um, as a film at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, to keep it simple, man, I'm, I guess I'm just ready to watch it at this point. Um, yeah. What about you? Totally. Um, well, to your point in the fact that you didn't like Justice League, most people did not. Justice League <laughs> was not a runaway hit when it came out in 2017. It was actually a huge, huge disappointment. So, again, you know, for the folks who are who have not been following this situation, because this is certainly like a really, I think, a niche subject for people who are really into the topic. So, Justice League comes out in 2017, and uh, the film underperforms in pretty much every aspect it only makes 658 uh, only only 650 that's still a lot of money but compared to what they expected they certainly warner brothers expected this to be a billion dollar hit right um and in terms of critic scores and reviews and fan reaction i mean essentially nobody liked it it got really really negative reviews and feedback the thing about the film is that when Zack snyder was filming justice league um, his, he had a, you know, him and his family had a very unfortunate, tragic accident or not an accident, but a situation with his daughter. Um, unfortunately his daughter passed away. And so as he was filming justice league, this, the situation happened and he made the decision to step away from, from the film because he just couldn't emotionally give to it anymore. And he couldn't finish the film anymore. Therefore, Warner Brothers made the decision that they were going to move forward with the movie and still finish it out. And so they brought on Joss Whedon, who directed Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, So they brought on Joss Whedon to finish the film. Now, as reports were coming out about this a few years ago, I think a lot of us were led to believe that Zack had probably finished most of his movie. And Joss was just coming in to clean things up, like do a little bit, a little bit with the writing, a little bit more with the VFX and just kind of see it through to the finish line. However, that's not been the case. Apparently, Joss Whedon and his version of the film was a completely different version than what Zack Snyder was going for, evidenced by the fact that Zack started to drop a lot of stuff after the film came out, a lot of things that he had planned for the film, a lot of ideas and concepts that just never came to light, right? And so this became really a a, a big, big situation within Warner Brothers and HBO, and the fan reaction almost started instantly. I think a week after the film came out, the release of the Snyder Cut movement started, a petition was made, change.org, had over 100,000 signatures within like the first couple of weeks. So people wanted to see this. And ever since then, this hashtag has just been getting crazy traffic. They made a billboard in Times Square. Who the hell paid for that? I don't know. Those things are expensive, like six figures. They uh, they got a plane to fly through San Diego Comic-Con with a banner Release that said release the Snyder Cut. So like this has been a real thing for a lot of people. And like you mentioned... I really didn't believe that this was happening. And you said that you didn't believe it exists. Well, it technically doesn't exist. Like, that's the thing. Like, there, there's there's a cut, like an, an unfinished mm-hmm. cut that he put together, like a narrative cut. But they still have to finish all of the VFX and the ADR and all of those technical things. So it technically didn't exist. It's more of a skeleton right. than anything, right? Um, but in general, man, I'm just really shocked that this actually came came to be uh and it was totally started by fandom and a fan movement right um i will say a lot of fans a part of this release to sounder cut sort of 
contingent are not the nicest people because i've even i've even gone on the internet and i would just like say like this shit doesn't exist please stop talking about it and somehow some way they find you they will find you and they attack like a fucking shark they come after you right so um people were definitely you know really uh really aggressive about this whole thing but i think that there are like you know, good-hearted fans out there that wanted to see this happen, that were able to, like, do really creative things like the billboard in Times Square or the plane. Like, they could do creative things to, like, make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be crazy to see this is coming to HBO Max, which that streaming service, I think, kind of changed the whole direction of this. Like, the fact that it exists um, as a streaming service is probably the only reason we'll see this film yeah. now. Because I don't, I don't imagine they would have released it in the theaters, right? Like, nope. you wouldn't... You wouldn't put something like this out in theaters after the movie didn't, you know, perform. So there's a lot of details here, of course. They're saying it might cost between 20 and 30 million. Do you think that's like undershooting it or it might actually cost that much? Because I I don't know. Uh, You mean that much to finish? To to finish it, yeah. If if everything that Zack Snyder's talking about is undercut. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, if they're saying twenty to thirty, yeah, it's probably like he got 50, some he got right? some high level CGI in there that it's like right, nah, dog. What you talking about is gonna cost more than that. And he's saying that it's gonna be like a completely different experience. Like they're talking about bringing back the cast to like do some voiceover mm-hmm. work, right? Um, they're talking about this is really interesting that came out of like the the uh, Hollywood Reporter article that they haven't even decided on the format of it. Like it might either be a four hour director's cut of the movie or an almost four hour director's cut, or they might split it up into TV style, like chapters, like a mini series almost. Mm. Right. And he, he even presented to, to the execs at Warner brothers. He presented both scenarios and he said like, you know, if we do a series format, here are some possible cliffhangers, you know, or endpoints for each episode. Personally, out of those two options, what would you what would you rather see um, come to HBO Max in the form of this movie? Um, I'm always a fan, I guess, of as long as possible. I kind of like an idea of a four-hour director's cut, just because, especially if it's coming to my house, you know, <laughs> I can pause it, press right. play, because um, I guess the nerd in me always wants to see what directors are thinking. And a cut like that will allow me to see the whole idea and the whole package. You know, of course, it's going to feel too long. That's the point, you know. So I think I would want something like that. Yeah, I agree, because um, the series style format, while it sounds interesting, I I would imagine that they would release it over, you know, a few weeks time. Like they wouldn't drop it all at the same Mm -hmm. time. And I personally, when when this is ready to drop, I'm ready to see it. Like I want to watch all of it in one sitting and just like plow through it. Netflix did this weird thing. I don't know if you saw like with the hateful eight, like, you know, that movie is like three hours. They cut it into like a mini series and it's like almost a four hour version of the hateful eight on Netflix. And I'm like, I haven't, I haven't watched it in that way. So I can't judge it against like just the regular you know film format but it just kind of seems weird to me to split it up that mm-hmm. way i don't know so i don't know if i would be like okay with the decision to split this up i i agree i i, I want to see a longer cut like let's just give it to me all in one sitting if it's almost four hours fine that's that's what you expect to see if you're you're coming to a director's right, cut right that's all right for me, um dude. this is also like a situation that's not necessarily unprecedented uh we've gotten director's cuts forever there's there's always been director's cuts of movies um they typically come like while while they're doing like a home video release Zack snyder is also famous for director's cuts of his own movies like we know mm-hmm. batman v superman has that ultimate edition a three-hour exactly. edition which i think is a much superior film to the theatrical version 
Um, it adds about 30 minutes. It provides a lot of new context, gives time to more characters. I really like that version. There's like a three and a half hour version of Watchmen. I think that's like the ultimate edition yep. too. Um, and he's also he also has like a director's cut, so there, it gets like kind of confusing. Um, throughout history, like if you know any of these, like Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola, there's like three cuts of that. We saw the final cut in theaters like last exactly. summer. Um, but they released a Redux version like almost so 20 many years Apocalypse ago. Now versions. It's ridiculous. So many, bro. And they add like there's one version that adds like an extra 100 minutes, and there's like this whole side adventure that they then cut for the final cut. There's like four cuts of Blade Runner. I I've never I been only, like a huge Blade Runner fan. I only fan. have the final cut. That's the only one I got. Is the final cut. Just yeah, the final cut. Only. Yeah, I I've never been like a huge Blade like fan of like the original. Like mm-hmm. I think it's a fine film, but. I don't know which which one is like the definitive version. Oh, like it kind of confuses me. I couldn't tell you which one is. Yeah, it? it's super weird. I am a fan of the Lord of the Rings, the extended. Oh, editions, every though, every time for that, those are. Amazing. I watch every um, minute because that's just how I am. <laughs> I like, Return of the King is like, what, isn't that almost like five hours? That no, cut. It's it's still not five. It's like might be like four and yeah, a half. It's like close to early four, four and a half, maybe like four fifteen, something like that. You you know what you're right. It's like four fifteen, but I know in those extended versions they added like an extra twenty minutes of credits because yep. it's like the oh, Lord of the Thre- like the Lord of the Rings it's, fan club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of weird. Like it's like it adds on like an extra twenty minutes of the credits. It's kind of funny. Um, even in DC, there's been other su- uh, directors cuts. Superman two, famously, there's Superman two, and then there's Superman two, the Richard Donner cut, mm-hmm. which. Didn't come out for like another twenty years in after the fact, original release of the movie. A lot of there's a big group of people out there who is like, "Why have we never got Superman three? <laughs> the, the the director's cut. A lot of people really True. want that cut. Like, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which three isn't like a great movie by any means. I but think I would that's be interested why, to though. see it. I think that's why so many people want yeah. it. Like, what if you know we just need a director's cut? You're probably right. There's also situations where like director's cuts certainly can improve a movie. You know, I mentioned BVS. This might be a little controversial, and I know we don't like this movie, mm-hmm. but Daredevil has a director's cut that I really think makes the movie better. <laughs> no, I believe it. Like, the theatrical version ain't shit. It really uh, ain't. Uh, we, we we don't talk about it. Uh, Poor Ben. He, he just can't get a break with these superheroes. Mm-hmm. But that director's cut of Daredevil, it, it's not to be looked over. I think there's something I've never there. seen it, so I'm, I'm intrigued uh, for sure. I think it's worth checking out. And then uh, another one I just want to throw out there, um, Days of Future Past had that rogue cut oh, yeah. that came out. That was out. so short, though. It was like, <laughs> it like was three minutes of extra. <laughs> That's it. Because we, we, we went to go see Days of Future Past, right? And it was all about bringing both the cast together, like the old cast and the new cast of like the X-Men. And then you go see the movie. You're like, where the fuck is Rogue? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you not going to have Rogue in the movie? So people were like, where's Rogue? Where's Rogue? Because we knew that they filmed stuff. Right. And then like a year after the movie came out, they dropped the Rogue cut. But it was, like you mentioned, it was only just a few minutes. Like, it was one sequence with her mm-hmm. that really sort of like got added in. So it wasn't all that much. Um, but yeah, again, this isn't an unprecedented situation um, necessarily. I guess with all of those like talks about like movie cuts, um, I got a question. So... If you could have a director's cut released for any movie, any movie ever, one that already doesn't have a director's cut, what movie would that be? So, I think I got a couple actually. I got a couple. Okay, actually. let's hear. Let's hear them. We got time. So, first, anything Ari Aster has ever made. <laughs> mm. So, Hereditary and okay. Midsummer for sure. I just give oh, me director's cuts, both of those. 
You remember when we went to go uh, see him speak last yeah. year um, at a Lincoln mm-hmm. Center, and he said that there was like a three and a half I'm cut, like, three and a half hour cut of Hereditary. <laughs> like I want to see Show that because and then the physical came out. We expected it to be on there, and then it's not on there. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You're just sitting on this footage, dude. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And yeah, so I, I would love to see that. Um, I would also like a director's cut of Inception. Oh, it's already it's okay. already long, but I just know Christopher Nolan had a bunch of footage he's probably sitting on that he never touched in yeah. that movie. And that movie is so batshit crazy and so amazing that I just know there's probably a lot of gems in there um, that, that he that. could add to the movie. I'm sure. Um, and that's how most Christopher Nolan movies work, right? Like they're already so long that I just know he cut out some some really dope stuff. Oh, for sure. Uh, like if you have a long movie, mm-hmm. like a movie that's like two and a half hours, then you know that it was. Actual in all actuality, it probably was four hours at first. Exactly. Like, so there's a lot more that probably even exists. in the case of like an Interstellar, where it's not everyone's favorite, but it's still good. You know, like what if that yeah. director's cut just made it better, but he couldn't put he we couldn't totally. put it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I would be interested in that's a couple a Christopher Nolan joints. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I think that that's it. Probably some of the Christopher Nolan joints okay. and some Ari Aster. I, those are great picks. Uh, I definitely I'm with you on the Ari Aster joints because I, I can only imagine that there's a ton more that he would do with like the characters and all the freaky shit he has in his right. movies. I have one pick that, you know, it didn't take me that long to think about because it kind of clicked instantly, but it is a more recent movie. Give me a director's extended cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. I I would absolutely and apparently apparently Quentin Tarantino has a version of that movie. Apparently there's like a four hour version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wow. that you know he didn't release. Um, and I remember him talking about it when he did a few uh, media appearances that maybe one day he'll release it. I I mean I would love to spend more time with fucking Cliff Booth and um um. I'm blanking on Leo's character's name. Cliff uh, uh, Booth and dang it, why can't I think? Oh my god, I can't believe this. I'm ashamed of myself. Either way, I would love to see a four hour version of that movie. Like, give me more time with those characters, just like chilling in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing their thing. Like, what you know, Rick Dalton doing the whole. You know, it Rick Dalton. There you Rick go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me more scenes with both of them, and like a four hour cut of that. I would, I would eat that up. I would, I would pay for that actually, because I think that would be like a tremendous oh, most film, definitely um, to oh, see. So see, now you got me on a whole nother wave of. Director's cut for Quentin Tarantino joints. I mean, so he does have a couple. Oh. He does have a couple, right? Like like you just said, we've seen it with Hateful Eight. Um, but yep. uh, complete Django. Un- oh, my God. Oh, I man. Will, if there I'll, was an extended I'll version of that. I will take that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, that would actually any be insane, right? Like, that movie's already three hours, but again, that's another movie that I could I could spend more time with all of those mm-hmm. characters. Like I would I would sit there for another hour and be. Totally and I just fine. know he has more crazy sequences that he didn't put in the movie because it's so long. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's probably even more violent too. Like he loves. Oh yeah. He loves throwing in the gratuitous violence, so I'm sure it's mm-hmm. there. So there's a lot, man. There's a lot of possibilities. Uh, we just wanted to have fun and think about that question. But yeah, man, this this whole Zack Snyder Snyder cut situation is crazy. Um, I I will say, um, just sort of in closing with this, I am looking forward to it. I you know, I agree with you. I did not enjoy Justice League. I, that movie is not great by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. It's a Franken it's a, it's a Frankenstein sort of movie. It has so many different assembled parts to kind of create this final product that just isn't it's not greater than the sum of its parts. But 
the thing about Zach, though I think he's been hit or miss a lot of the times as a director of certain projects, and you can debate all day long whether or not he knows how to direct superheroes. That's neither here nor there. Um, I think that him having the ability to finally see his vision through is something to be celebrated, and it is important because him not being a part of that Justice League movie, regardless of how you feel about it, that's not... That's not his vision. That was not his vision. I've seen a lot of people blame Zach. I've seen a lot of people, you know, a lot of people point fingers at him. But the reality is that he had a really tragic situation happen with his family that forced him essentially to step away. Because if he would have continued on with the film, it probably would have been worse than what actually came out because he had a lot going on. So I think it's a really redemptive moment for him. Um, I mean, just, you know, put yourself in his in his shoes. If you're an artist, if you create something, right? Like if you make something, you put in thousands of hours, hard-earned, you know, um, work on a project, and then something happens that forces you to step away from it, you can't finish it, but somebody else comes in and finishes it for you, and then it does bad. Imagine, like, how that feels for him as an artist, and that's why he still hasn't seen Justice League to this day. I imagine if he was in Hollywood, him going around town, seeing Justice League billboards all over the place and knowing that the movie was not received well, like that shit hurts. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's I think it's a great opportunity for him and his wife as well, his producing partner to come in and finish this. Will it be good or not? We don't know. We have to wait and see and judge it then, you know, but I think I think it's important to at least give it a chance because this will be his vision. And once we have it, then you can judge it and make your own assessment about it. So. We'll see what happens with the Snyder Cut. Again, it's coming to HBO Max in 2021. Uh, we certainly, two black nerds will be around then, so we'll certainly, uh, we'll talk about that when it comes out. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. There's a lot of apparent surprises that should pop up. Martian Manhunter, Dark Side, Black Suit Superman. Like, If I see Green any Lan- of those Green things, Lantern. I'm surprised. But. It's crazy shit, man. Like, There's so much that's supposed to be in there, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, But we have a lot of other topics to talk about this week. We're going to stick within the world of movies. The rundown for this week, man, there's a bunch of things that happened. We got a couple of new trailers that came. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them was unexpected, and we're going to talk about that right now. Christopher Nolan, you mentioned him earlier, has a new movie coming out, Tenet, which is supposed to be, it it was supposed to be one of the tentpole movies of this summer season. But COVID-19 happened, so the state of Tenet is kind of in a place of uncertainty. We don't know when this movie's coming mm-hmm. out, and we received a trailer just a few days ago, and even at the end of the trailer, there's no release date, right? So um, we don't know exactly when Tenet's going to come out. They haven't officially rescheduled it yet. I think they're just kind of waiting to see what the state of the world will be by the end of this month and the end of June. But we did get a new trailer for Tenet, starring John David Washington, Robert Pattinson. Um, it's also starring Elizabeth Debicki, Michael Caine, Kenneth Branagh. What did you think about this trailer? Oh, boy. Let me tell you, the movie nerd, the movie-making nerd, the camera work, the special effects. There's, y'all. Oh, man. <laughs> so Christopher Nolan has been doing this. He's, he's on the, like this decade thing. I don't know what's going on. Like Every decade, he got to drop a hit. And... Tenet, y'all. Something crazy. Tenet, y'all. It's just, it's making up to be that movie of this decade. Like, I don't know how to explain some of the crazy stuff that's happening in this movie. So, one, we still don't know what it's about. Like, we we keep watching <laughs> stuff and we kind of get some small ideas, but we we don't know what's happening. We have not a clue. Um, 
but what I can say is I I'm so ready for this movie. Um, the trailer was amazing. Um, we had seen a lot of footage in this trailer that we had never seen before. Um, so we know it's already going to be a long movie, long ass movie. Um, yeah, but man, 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 let me tell you, the cast. We see more people so in the excited. cast. We got a yep. first look at Robert Pattinson and Elizabeth Becky's character. You know what I mean? And it's of course Michael Caine's in the movie. Of course, how, you know Michael Caine got to be in a Chris Nolan, Nolan movie. Oh, Christopher Nolan. Where's Michael Caine at? Just, just yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, That's his guy. I'm just ready to, again. I'm just ready to watch it at this point, man. I'm sad we can't go watch it when we need to. Um, but I know. especially, you know, Christopher Nolan's not letting this drop on anybody's streaming service. Like this is an no, IMAX. Never. Dolby Theater, go see this damn movie in theaters or else you ain't going to get the full experience. Um, and I got that from the film. Again, from a movie-making standpoint, there's a lot of batshit technology things happening that I don't know how they did, right? Whether that be um, <laughs> the way some things are reversed in the film, right? Um, it's, yeah. These are these look like crazy shots that, like, a, a lot of it looks practical. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know how this is happening because it has to be CGI. And it doesn't look like CGI. So I'm, just, I'm really excited to watch it at this point. Yeah, this movie looks fucking bonkers. It looks crazy. Chris Nolan, man, he just he's a he's a he's a show off. Like when it comes to like filmmaking and just being good at your craft, yeah. he just like showing off. Like you can just tell even in his trailers, he knows that his team can assemble and cut trailers better than anybody yeah. because Though we know shit about the movie, we're still super, super excited, excited about it because we know the work, we know the work that he can put together and we know it's going to be a really big cinematic event, you know, and to your point, like to underscore that, like this will not be dropping on any streaming service. This is not going to come on HBO mm -hmm. Max. Chris Nolan won't allow it. His movies um, are meant to be seen in theaters in the on the biggest screens possible. And he's really, you know, always been a huge proponent of that theatrical experience for his entire career. He's such a purist, which, you know, sometimes it can be kind of annoying because it's like, all right, well, you know, you can also think about like how times are adapting. But I think it's kind of admirable to see him stick to his guns. And this movie certainly will live up to that uh, that reputation that he has. It, like you mentioned, all of the all of the technology um, behind it just looks crazy. It's going to be something about inversion and time and reversing time i don't know maybe if it's time travel maybe like john, like, john david washington's character might have like a power that other people don't have where he can reverse yeah time. i don't know like, bro it's just so crazy it's crazy it's so crazy we're not gonna know we're not gonna know until not even when we get into the movie and see it but until the end of the movie when the credits are rolling and even at the end of the movie we're probably gonna still be wondering like wait and what then, like and what, then what we happened? gonna do we gonna like, go right back in that theater yes we are <laughs> And see, and it, see again, it again over and over and over and write pieces about it and talk on podcasts about it because we're just not going to know what the fuck we just saw. Like you mentioned, man, every decade, like okay. 2000, Memento, Memento, like that, Memento, that was crazy. Inception, and now Tenet. Inception 2010, and now Tenet in 2020. He just, every decade, he likes to do like a big hard reset yeah. and just say like, you know what? Everything you thought you knew about me, I'm going to turn it on its head and give you a completely different experience. Um, so Tenet, Tenet is going to be amazing whenever we get whenever. it, whether it's in July or November November or next year, yeah. I don't know when it'll be. Regardless, it'll be amazing. I'll be there. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to also see just like John David Washington and Robert Pattinson work Man, together. Like, I'm excited specifically for John David Washington more than anything, um, because you know, of course, he was in Black Klansman, right? That was a lot of that was his first, uh, I would say, big role where people was like, oh, that's John David Washington. You know, he's in Washington's son. And I think um, going from that to something even bigger. 
to this, a Spike Lee joint to a Christopher Nolan joint. You know what I'm saying? I think it's about to um, accelerate his career. Um, he can really only go up from here. He, he is really good. Uh, I don't know if it's like in the jeans or if his his pops actually like sat down with him and work with him. You know, we don't know. We don't know a lot of that stuff. Right. But what we yeah. do know, I, what I do know is that he seems to be just almost just as uh, talented. And I'm really excited to see how the rest of his career unfolds for sure. Yeah. I mean, we saw how uh, Tom Hardy's career unfolded after. He appeared in Inception, and then a couple years later appeared in The Dark Knight Rises, and now he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world, right? So, very excited for Tenet. It's coming out sometime in the future. We're looking forward to it. You mentioned Spike Lee. Speaking of Spike Lee, there's a new Spike Lee joint coming out, and it's coming real soon. Netflix, June 12th, The Five Bloods is premiering on the streaming service, and we finally got our first look at that film. It's a film based... In and around the Vietnam War, uh, Spike Lee's doing another war movie. I remember he did uh, Miracle at St. Anna mm-hmm. a while ago. That was another war film that he did, but he's he's diving back into it. It'll be starring Delroy Lindo, who is, I think, one of the most like underrated slept-on actors. Like, yeah. Delroy is in like some of my favorite movies no, in the for 90s. Sure. He's like, so it's good. It's crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Majors is also in the movie um, from The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Clark Peters, Norm Lewis. Hey, Jonathan I say been, Whitlock Jonathan Jr. Been working. Let me tell you. He got, he got yeah. the joint coming on HBO soon. Working. Yeah. And also Chadwick Boseman is in the movie. So there's a, there's a really good cast here um, in this Spike Lee joint. And, you know, we're, we're getting kind of a sense of what the film's going to be about from the trailer. Um, it seems uh, Chadwick is like a, you know, sort of a real big hero in the Vietnam yeah. War and the rest of his war buddies are trying to, you know, look for him and save him. He was him, like the squad um, in the leader. midst of things happening. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it seems like there's going to be a lot of flashbacks and things like uncovering with the past. Like, you know, all of that, you know, usual Spike Lee flavor is going to be there. Like the music's going to be on point. He's going to have title card screens out the ass all the time like he he loves his title card Mm -hmm. screens he loves his montages bringing in old footage obviously i think he's going to incorporate a lot of footage um that existed at the time of vietnam that was kind of the first war that was heavily documented by the media there were cameras there it was in the news every single day um so there's tons of footage that i'm sure he'll pull from so we'll 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 likely get all the spike lee stuff that we're accustomed to seeing but this is his first movie since black klansman a couple years ago so i'm looking forward to it man what do you what do you think about yeah, man. Uh, just the same. I'm pretty much ready. I'm not sure I've ever seen um, a in, in some way it's it's a rescue. It's, it's the black saving Private Ryan in a way if you think about it because it, it's five or I guess these soldiers literally going to save a, their squad leader. You know what I mean? I yep. think somewhere in the trailer there's some kind of promise of like some treasure somewhere or something too. So they're trying to do like two mm-hmm. things in one kind of in a way. And uh, I'm just ready to watch it, man. Uh, I'm ready to watch a black cast in war because I'm and it's still in my head. I'm thinking like, when have I seen that before? <laughs> like this black cast in a war, and I'm like, I don't think I have seen uh, war uh, squadrons right with black people in it, like one black person in it, right? We were just talking about, um, we we're just talking about uh, what you call it? What's the name? Um, uh, what's the movie? Apocalypse Now, right? Where it's like you yeah. have like a Lawrence Fishburne. He was like one, <laughs> the only black one, of the only black people in the whole movie. Um, but I think I'm ready to watch it. Uh, so be ready for a Two Black Nerds movie club night. It's going, it's for going sure. down on that day for sure. So that's gonna be yeah. fun. That's gonna be fun. We know there were hella black people that fought in Vietnam. Exactly. So we and we to, never see the yeah, footage. Yeah, we need to see more of this. We never see footage. Yeah. 
Yeah, they always hide it and always, you know, sort of kind of suppress the involvement there. But we know that that was certainly um, certainly in existence. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, man. Spike Lee, um, I think he's kind of, you know, it seems like he's back to form. You know, I think he he certainly he ha- he has a few projects. So you're kind of scratching your head at like, eh, I don't know mm-hmm. if I rock with that one or you don't really know what he's going for. But, I, you know, I really like Black Klansman. And from what we see with this one so far, it looks like to be an enjoyable movie. And I think we're going to probably be surprised by it and be a little bit. Um, it'll be a little bit of a unexpected experience that we'll see. But I'm, I'm certainly ready to just check out the movie. It's coming out Netflix June 12th. As as he said, we'll we'll certainly um, host a movie movie night for this film as it premieres on netflix so let's keep moving on man um pixar is at work uh pixar just released a brand new short so i i I gotta say i didn't know about this series of shorts that they've been working on uh it's called spark shorts um that they've been working on and it's essentially a program dedicated to providing filmmakers uh, within their company opportunities to just make films. Um, A lot of them are based on true stories and they give them, you know, a limited time period, sort of like six months, seven months to kind of put it together, limited budget. And again, these are all short films. So anywhere between six minutes and 10 minutes um, to come out, you know, when you go see a Pixar movie, there's always a short that plays before the main feature, but these are separate from that. Even these are um, even more specific and they're all on Disney plus actually. And so this past weekend, they just released a brand new one called out and it's actually their first uh it's the first pixar film with the gay lead um which is certainly you know a big moment for them and um i checked it out man i thought i thought it was great like it was it was it was exceptional um it was really enjoyable it was funny and you know pixar they love to um they love to put humans in other things right like they love to take human souls and put them into other things so whether it be toys or inanimate objects or whatever it might be so that kind of had that flavor here Uh, but it was really good to see man and it was really enjoyable and funny and touching right Um, all about the experience of basically a gay man um, you know trying to figure out a way to tell his parents that he's gay and that he's in love with another man. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, that's essentially what it was about, but it's, cer- it certainly takes a creative turn from there. But, uh, did you get a chance to check I this out? I haven't seen out. I have watched, um, uh, float and I've watched Pearl. Um, but both really, really fire, good. but I have not got per- a chance to check it out. Per- Pearl especially is hilarious. No, Pearl to me. is like that one is really, good. really funny. A uh, float is more yeah. touching than anything. Um, mm-hmm. I think Float was one of those ones that uh, I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to say appeals to millennials, but it does appeal. T- it's it just has a crazy message that I think might be totally. overlooked. Um, if you don't can't relate to it, but I think a lot of people will relate to Float, um, with regards to their families and how their families feel about them, um, and the things that they do, uh, or they can do. So yeah, those, I check those two out. Those are pretty yeah. dope. But totally. I will check out. I also wonder. Yeah, yeah, and I also want to recommend Loop as well, um, which is another really good one. It features the first um, nonverbal autistic character mm-hmm. in a Pixar film as they're, well. They're so black too, right? These movies in Loop. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, both the main uh, characters are black. Um, Pearl is talking about really workplace sort of discrimination and sexism and all these yeah. different things. Like, there's there's some really good underlying messages with these shorts, and the fact that they can accomplish so much within like six or seven minutes is kind of crazy it's to me. So but if you haven't checked these out, if you have Disney Plus, they are all on Disney Plus. Can't recommend them enough, and they're they're quick to get through. So why not, right? So definitely check those out. Um, next up, man, got some more animated things to talk about. So two things that I wanted to add for this week. 
Warner Brothers animation, I mean, they've always been on their stuff, but in particular lately, they have been putting out some really good things. So the final DC animated movie just came out. Well, the final movie, a part of the DC animated universe, um, which is a series of 15 films based on uh, the New 52 sort of era of DC Comics. So their final film, Justice League Apocalypse War, um, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, just dropped um, a couple of weeks ago. And shit, this movie <laughs> is insane. Yeah. So it's it's ra- it's rated R. Um, and trust me when I tell you that they hold nothing back in this film. There's so much violence, so much blood, yes. so much gratuity. And it's so good, right? Like it's 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 actually like crazy to see because they're bringing in heroes from all corners of their universe that they've built, right? So it's like hella characters. You have obviously the main Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, etc. But you have like all of the Bat family that's involved. You have all of the alternate Superman, you know, that are involved, like Superboy and stuff like that. Um, and then Darkseid is like the big bad. This is like their version of Endgame, like. Yeah. It's kind of crazy and over the top, mm-hmm. right? Like, did you get a chance to uh, to check Bro, out mine this? Mine is still on the way. It got delayed. <laughs> it got. It was supposed to. Yeah, COVID. I was supposed to get here on Tuesday, and it didn't. I think it's it'll, like last Tuesday. It still ain't here, ain't they? Something. Um, but it, it should Damn. be here in a couple of days. Um, probably sometime this week. So I haven't got to ch- check it out yet, but I will really soon. Oh yeah, man, it's definitely worth it. Uh, it's certainly one of those films that again, I think they've always put out really great work. Their animated movies, like they've they've been able to adapt a lot of stuff. Like they did Batman Hush, and they did like uh, this most recent Wonder Woman Bloodlines yep. movie. That was that was really good. They 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 take a lot of creative risk. I feel like um, it's just like man, if the if the live action movies could just follow that, right? Like if they could just so, take the same so, notes. So good. In fact. Again, I, I will always say this: the only thing wrong with DC right now is <laughs> is the movies, um, which exactly you know we said before it's coming into fruition. But between um, the CW series, which is still freaking really freaking popular and doing decently well, um, between that and um, the animated and the comics, animated films and the comics, they're doing a good job. So video games too, video right? games too. and Justice is still look. Still, still amazing. amazing. One of the most, still one of the most yeah. bought games, uh, fighting games. So, yeah, absolutely. So, definitely check out Apocalypse War. I think you will certainly have a blast if you're into these characters. I've seen some people say like it's better than Endgame. Let's Hold relax. On. Let's you know, calm chill down, everybody. Um, calm down. Like, first of all, we shouldn't even be comparing a yep. live action mm-hmm. mo- movie to this animated movie. I get why the comparisons are there because you know there are these really, you know, cinematic ending events but come on y'all like get real like let's not do this let's (laughs) let's just not do this um but warner animation also put out another movie recently mortal Kombat legacy scorpion's revenge so i just talked about the violence in apocalypse war i think this might i think this mortal Kombat movie might be the most violent animated movie i've ever seen not even gonna lie it's mortal Kombat. i'm not even gonna lie like it's 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 definitely up there if you haven't seen this and if you're in a mortal Kombat. Is worth checking out. Um, it's focused on Scorpion, you know, the the titular character, um, and it's kind of an origin story essentially for his character. And you can you can kind of get the point of the movie. It's a revenge story, but all your other favorite Mortal Kombat characters are there. Jax is here, Luke Kang, Johnny Cage. I hate Johnny Cage. I don't really like <laughs> Johnny Cage. Um, they have Raiden is here, uh, Shang Tsung. Like pretty much everybody you expect to be in a Mortal Kombat film is here. I'm just kind of surprised that like. 
they put this out. Like I'm wondering, I know, I know WB Warner brothers has like the rights to mortal Kombat, yeah. Um, and I know they have the live action movie coming out next year that they've been right. filming. I'm just interested. Like, are they going to continue to do more animated movies um, with the Mortal Kombat you characters? Know, it depends, because I know you know this was you know one of their first goals, right? One of their first efforts um, to make something of the sort. So maybe it depends on the reception of this. If more pe- if people are interested, it seems to be doing well. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, hope so, man. I, I think by the end of it, I was like, yeah, let me get some more of this. Like, I, I definitely want to see more. So hopefully it does well. We can get more Mortal Kombat animated movies because I think the more we can get of that, it'll be great. So mm-hmm. um, just definitely wanted to recommend that. And then another film uh, that I just recently saw that I wanted to briefly speak about, uh, Bloodshot, starring Vin <laughs> Diesel. Um, finally finally got around to seeing oh, that. Um, I uh, Okay. Listen, I'll I'll just say this about Bloodshot. It is it's probably if you've seen the trailers, it's exactly what you think it is. There's no real surprises there. Uh but it's probably the most formulaic by the book science fiction action movie that I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Like it's it's just well not ever. Let me not exaggerate, but it's it's certainly just by the book formulaic action movie. Um it's it's just it's just there. It's I don't even know if I'll say it's okay. It's actually kind of bad, to be honest. Like, it's kind of bad. A little cheesy at points. I I still don't understand why Vin Diesel is doing other things outside of Fast and Furious. I just, I don't get it. Why is he? I mean, I don't know. I guess he's an artist, so he wants to try to act. But he's just, it's just, it's just kind of weird. I just watched the movie like a few weeks ago, and I just kind of walked away from it. Like, yeah, I'm also glad that I didn't go to theaters and see Mm -hmm. this. I'm 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 actually kind of glad that. Because we we kind of got around we were this definitely one. Definitely going to. We would have been in there. So, bro, the night the 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 day that everything shut down was the day that we were supposed to go see it. Like, I think it was the same day that like all the sport leagues shut down, and we, we, were, we were like, like yeah, yeah, we're not nah. seeing this. <laughs> not seeing yeah. this, and I'm kind of glad we didn't because it it would have been a waste mm-hmm. of a trip. But um, yeah, definitely just wanted to kind of point out Bloodshot. Uh, it's one of those movies, like, if you come across it on TV and if you just, like, happen to run into it, maybe you watch it, you don't got nothing else to do. Or, you know what, actually, it's a great movie to watch while you're doing something else. Like, if you're folding laundry, you're cleaning up, it's cool to have on in the background, but that's that's about all I can say about it. Um, so, we'll move on from that, leave Bloodshot as it is. Some big DC news just happened this week. This is kind of unprecedented. We don't talk about the CW shows all that much, but this is kind of... This is kind of major. Uh, Ruby Rose, who stars as Batwoman um, in their TV show on the CW, yeah. is not returning for season two. She's not coming back. Um, they announced it just recently that essentially it was a mutual parting. Um, they both both sides agreed that she didn't want to come back. Some rumors have come out, you know, that she didn't really enjoy her time in the role. She didn't enjoy the physicality, the prep, and just like the long hours on set, which is certainly a a thing if you're playing a superhero on a tv show you're pumping out 22 episodes a season i can imagine the days are just long right so she didn't really enjoy that but this is kind of unprecedented i don't know if we've seen a main lead character exit their series but wb and cw have decided to continue with the show and they're going to recast her um so never heard anybody say this is too much work before (laughs) i think when it that's also new when it comes to acting i don't know how i feel about that um, because that's what you do. Like, I don't know. You know, it's your job. Like, you don't, it's not like you about to go work somewhere else and not act. Exactly. So 
I get. Of course, I'm not her. Maybe I don't understand it, but um, I can't see. I can't yeah. see it being any different from any of the other leads and all the other six CW shows. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting to me. That's yeah. That's an interesting um, point to make. Like this hasn't come out from any other cast member, part of any of their shows, and they have like seven yeah, shows. We're not gonna and we're not gonna br- none of them. We're not gonna this. pretend like my boy wasn't Oliver Queen for eight seasons of twenty three <laughs> episodes per season. You know what I'm saying, like bro. So I don't. Yeah, and was in shape the entire in time, shape the whole time. So maybe, maybe, like I don't know. Part of me feels like that's not that's not it. Like it's not too much work. Part of me mm. feels like maybe she just doesn't want to do that anymore like like yeah oh, she's like oh i tried something it and i there. didn't like it you know or like something like that not it was too much work it just sounds like an excuse to me because that's your job yeah like you don't see drake exactly. go to the studio and he he retires and he's like it was too much work no that nigga put out an album yeah, at least like, every other year <laughs> yeah it's like what you sign up for you know you kind of know you know the expectation going in, and if you don't know, you also have plenty of people around that you can talk to about it. Like you mentioned, all those other actors on all these other shows have done this for multiple seasons at an, on on end. So she had to have known. So I I I think you I think you might be onto something that it has to be something deeper yeah. than that. It can't just be that. I know there was a lot of negative feedback about her being cast in the role originally. You know, off the top, there was a lot of internet hate, unfortunately. So yeah. maybe maybe that was a factor. Maybe now we'll we'll probably never know, but. Definitely um, unprecedented, but they'll keep going with the yeah. show. They're going to recast they her. Find someone else better. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, hope so. I haven't watched it, but I've heard good things at least about the first mm-hmm. season. Which I don't know if saying much because I feel like every CW show does that. Like Flash, Arrow, Blacklight. Like all of them have great like first, second seasons, and after that they just kind of they veer off uh, majorly. So we'll see what happens. We'll see who they cast, but you know, definitely want to just point that out and you know make a mention of that and i guess we'll just keep a look out who might get cast as batwoman in the future um a lot of comic book news that that came out this week so another another person who was just recently cast in a role uh, mahershala ali we know is going to be playing blade in a upcoming marvel studios movie we haven't heard anything about this in a while ever since comic-con happened um you know we expect this movie to come out in probably a couple of years they have that october 2022 release date which would be perfect for blade Right. right um but he just posted like a concept image of himself as a character. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if it's like official or if it was just like him joking around, like putting out a rough image just to like remind people like, yeah, like I'm definitely going to be played. Right. But it was just kind of cool to see. And I mean, as we expected, he looks he looks fantastic. It looks, it looks pretty he, perfect. He's supposed to be played. Pretty yeah. perfect, dog. He is supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. Like, meant to do this. It's hard to read. Yeah, it's hard to think of somebody else except Wesley because I think Wesley did a, for the most part, I think did a great job embodying the character. But Mahershala boy, he he's right on it. So I'm I'm excited to see Blade. Uh, this was this was an interesting look to see him in. Um, I imagine that they're certainly in prep for this movie right now. So maybe this is like actually official concept artwork of him in the role as the character. And uh, yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. It might be it might be one of the most surprising Marvel movies we've seen in a long time. Shoot, I'm excited for it personally. I still hope that. I hope by this time Marvel is ready to go out on the limb and just make a rated R movie, dog. Oh we man, we can't just have, sit out here and be having Blade PG thirteen. We can't. We can't. Do it. <laughs> we can't do it. It doesn't make sense, it doesn't make right? Sense. Like... I mean, they're they're already they're already going to be wrestling with the Deadpool stuff, so I think they'll get that together first, 
and then Blade will come out. Like, I think it'll be this perfect little timeline for them to figure it out with Deadpool first and then go ahead and bring Blade in. So we'll see what happens. Totally, totally looking forward to that. Um, and more Marvel news. New Mutants has gotten its fifth release fifth. date. This fifth movie, this movie release going date. Through it. None of these actors look like this uh. anymore. They ain't, they're not even <laughs> thinking about this movie anymore at this point. They can't be. They cannot be. Um, New Mutants is allegedly coming out August 28th now. Uh, they had to reschedule the movie again after uh, the coronavirus pandemic became a reality. Um, August 28th is a new date this year. I guess we'll see if it happens, right? Yeah. This is the, like the fifth time. I, this movie just has such bad luck. Everybody's ready to see it. We're ready to see what the vision is, but will we ever? They're they're dedicated to putting it out in theaters. They're not putting this to a streaming service. It seems like they're gonna keep keep at it with the theatrical release. I, but I uh, still think they they know something we don't. This movie might end up. They got to, end up right? being good. That's probably why they're sticking yep, to their guns. They know something this, right? we like don't. They, they gotta know it. Well, we'll see. August twenty eighth is when new music is supposed to come out. Speaking of postponing uh, things. The Academy Awards very well may be postponed in 2021. Crazy. Which would be crazy, crazy. right? Crazy. What? Like, they always happen in February, and they're talking about possibly pushing the ceremony it's, back uh, with everything going on. It makes sense, though, because they're not just going to be like, hey, guys, we only have five movies to pick from. So these are the five movies that win. <laughs> like, <it's laughs> exactly. Like, dub, dub, dub. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, if a lot of people in the academy who or submit to the academy right can't do their job, how can anything possibly be fair? You know what I mean. At this point, it's like, yeah, I can't do my work. So what are we having having awards for? That's true, right? Like because of the delays of everything, um, and the inability that might exist for people to actually perform their jobs mm-hmm. and to see these films and to do all of those things, it might be a necessary move, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the delay is going to be later into 2021 or if they do like completely just like remove it from next year and they, we just have to wait until 2022 mm, and have like double the competition. Right. Like, do you do that? Like, is it two years worth of movies, think, which would be, I think insane? maybe, like, I think maybe you just hold, um, an award show mid year if it's safe. Yeah. Um, because maybe you would have gave uh, more time for those movies to resonate. Right. Like maybe the, the cutoff is no longer when it is right. Maybe you have from, um, of course this whole year to next May. Right. And then the award sure. shows happen in July. Right. Sure. Or something like that. Um, and, and then yeah, just give them more right, time. And then, yeah. And then you have again, another award show in February to offset. And so, and then, yep. Everybody who wants to have their movie um, recognized in 2022 just comes out after that award show comes out. Like, just the fall gotcha. season is just packed with movies. And that's okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 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 That might be the... Yeah. That that actually might make the most sense just in terms of, like you mentioned, not doubling up and just extending the, the window for people to see, see these movies and for them to have some sort of release. Um, so, it'll be interesting, man. But the the... The Oscars not happening in February. If if it does end up being postponed, it's just going to be that's weird, weird, weird. Because uh, we know that that sort of ends off like the movie award season. That's kind of like the capper. So um, I think uh, every award show is going to be pushed back at that rate. If that's the case, right? Oh, like if the Oscars yeah. get pushed back. Everybody else Gold is going to probably Emmys, follow suit. It's all, it's all being pushed back. Yeah. For sure. 
Man, what a crazy time, man. Well, something that didn't get pushed back but actually got pushed up. We just found out that Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton, will be released on Disney Plus this summer in July, July 3rd, appropriate timing, uh, 4th of July holiday. It's actually coming out this summer. This movie was initially going to be released in 2021 in theaters. It was going to come out, I believe, October of 2021 and have a theatrical release however they push it up over a year it's going to come out this summer the need for content is there right everybody just needs content to chew on they're putting it out on disney plus this is a recording of the original cast at the richard rogers theater here in new york so it's not like a live action adaptation of the musical this is the actual uh musical stage play presented um and it will be released on disney plus i am so excited for this i'm so ready for it i i I saw hamilton a year ago knocked my fucking socks off i've been listening to the soundtrack ever since endlessly right so i'm just i'm ready to see this and it's uh it's actually kind of crazy because we know hamilton is really one of the most popular musicals Mm -hmm. ever and the fact that it's going to come out this year i mean when we resume things i don't know how broadway is going to be affected i don't know when they'll get back to work but like People will have it on Disney Plus. Are people still going to go pay to see Hamilton in person? The $300 it takes to see it? I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited about this. Um, the one thing I'm kind of curious about, there there are definitely some F-bombs yeah, in Hamilton. So I was going to ask you about that. I have not seen Hamilton. Um, but I, but the the un, somewhat uncensored nature of the play, I am curious to know if you think that um, that creative choice is important. Because part of me feels like Disney might censor that part, right? Like, Disney might not drop those F-bombs when they have it on the streaming service. So I wanted to know from you if you think that was an important part. You felt like that was an important creative choice uh, by the director. For sure. I, You know, I. so I will say, there's there's probably, like, two F-bombs. So it's not, like, an egregious number. Um, But even beyond the F-bombs, there are other, there's other explicit language. Mm -hmm. Like, they say other things, too, right? You know, I do think it's important to keep that context in there. Mm-hmm. I do I do think it's important to present it in its raw and original mm-hmm. form. And initially when I heard this news, I was thinking like, you know what, Disney's probably going to censor it or they might might make two versions. And they probably they probably will make two versions, but I also I'm also of the mindset that they might not. They might just release it as is, like completely unedited and, you know, uncensored, mm-hmm. which oh, I, I think I think is fo- totally fine and appropriate because the thing about the F bombs and I know that this kind of plays into like the rating system in Hollywood. The f bombs aren't used in a sexual manner or nature. Yeah. They're just f bombs, yeah. right? And I know with like rated R movies, like the reason the reason they get tipped over to rated R if it's for language, an f bomb is used in like a sexual context. Yeah. It's not if you just say fuck just randomly. Right. That's not really what's going to push right. it over. And it's not that doesn't happen in the in, in the musical. So I think that they might actually just present it as is, which. I would be like, that's how it should cool. happen. Like you can give a warning at the beginning of mm-hmm. the movie or whatever it is, like do whatever you need to do or identify it, but just, just give it to us. Like people can handle it. You know, it's fine. Um, but it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. It's so great. Um, Hamilton's coming. Hey, in I'm Plus. excited to watch Early, it. Man. For sure. It's definitely, definitely going to be a good time. July 4th weekend. It'll be out, but man, that was a lot of movie news. There was a lot, a lot that happened, but we got to talk about some music real quick. Um, Versus continues to happen weekly. Yep. Uh, Timbaland and Swiss Beats still putting together battles each and every week. Uh, we got a couple that we got to recap that we haven't been able to talk about since last episode, man. We got to talk about the two big mm. ones. Uh, first up, 
Jill Scott, Erica Badu, um, just a couple of weeks ago, they had their versus session. Uh, we can't listen. We can't even call it a battle. It wasn't even a battle. They just like, they just they just jammed we, out like the entire time. Session of, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to call it. Of serenity. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the right yeah. word. Just like a serenity jam mm-hmm. session. Like, um, it was crazy. This this versus in particular had the highest viewership thus far. I think. I think their peak was like seven hundred and fifty thousand at one point, maybe even more yeah. than that. But they've they gained the most viewers of any versus session thus far. But I, I know you checked this out, man. What, what were your thoughts on Jill Scott and Erica Badu? Uh, it was everything I expected it to be. Um, it was amazing. Uh, there was a um, a couple hits that Jill left off. Um, Erica pretty much mm. got everything out. There's a couple things Jill didn't get out, and I was like, Jill, why why you ain't play these songs? And it wasn't like, yeah. you know, at this point, it wasn't like even um, like around winning thing. Because in my mind, I was like, I wasn't keeping track of rounds. I was just like, why ain't you playing this song? Kind of type thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it like like I said, it was amazing. It was crazy to see uh, both of them face to face. Hear how um, how tranquil they are with each other. Like I said, it was very serene. Um, they're really mother and sister nature to me uh they just be chilling man they just make music um and they're really what it means to be uh they're really that in between of and their bridge between neo soul and r&b um and they've always been that and they always will be that and um you know even on the stream they were talking about like making music together potentially i was like Uh oh let me hear erica jill song (laughs) right (laughs) Uh now let me hear erica jill song right now um yeah. Yeah, it was really just a good night. Uh only thing with some of these battles is they're just so long. Um Oh my god. No Hours. matter how much I love them, I'm just like after after hour forty five, I'm like, all right, what's happening? What's <laughs> like what are we gonna on? do? I remember I so I didn't watch the entire thing um all the way through, but I checked in at a few points and I remember like it, like it started at seven, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like seven yes. um, Eastern that yes. day, and I remember getting back on Instagram at like nine forty-five, and they were still, still going. going. And I was like, "Oh, this is crazy!" Like they're just, and, and I know I think a lot of that was due to the fact that they just shared so many stories yep. in between um, tracks. Like they were sharing a lot of stories um, with their experiences in the industry and a lot of admiration for each Most other. Definitely. You know, just like the back and forth respect, which was different than what we've i mean we've gotten stories from other artists but they really took the time to just like spend yeah, time with each other and just exist yeah, it's almost in a way it's almost like we weren't even there um and they yeah, were just having yeah. doing their own thing um which was it was crazy. really cool to see um they were talking about stories how they met each other um of course the whole you got me story right uh oh, yeah, yeah, bet- yeah, yeah. between how jill's like her first time on stage with the roots and then you know Erica ended up being on the official uh, version after that, and it was it was just so crazy um, to to just yeah. see them get get everything out um, by talking to each other. It was amazing to see, and I saw so much good feedback from it, man. It was uh, definitely a great moment um, thus far in the Versus series. We also got Nelly and Ludacris, which <laughs> which was a little bit rockier, not as smooth oh, as Jill Scott and Erica. Oh, Nelly. oh man, listen, Nelly, Nelly, Nelly. I so I'm from St. Louis, if you don't know, and of course, like I walked into this battle. At the end of it, I had Luda winning. That was my prediction. However, there was a lot of disrespect towards Nelly going into this yeah. battle. A lot of people saying, like, oh, he's going to get washed. He can't stack uh, up to Luda if yeah. Luda brings out the features. Just a lot of shit talking. And I'm just like, hold on, pump the yeah. brakes. Nelly, let's not forget, 
has gone diamond. He's one of only like eight or nine hip hop artists to ever, ever do that. Like when he was white hot, he was high. Like he didn't he didn't last that but long in terms hot. of like his hot streak. But he was hot hot. So we can't disrespect Nelly, right? right? And he really put on for the city and for St. Louis. Yeah. And so I just had to make that clear. But I mean, damn, he did not help us out at all in the he beginning, boy. That boy Wi-Fi was so cutting up. Was a couple things Nelly was doing. You was just like, dog, what is going <laughs> one? Why are you in this basement? Where you know, where, oh. where you know the internet gonna be acting up. He's exactly boy, talking about it was raining outside or something with the clouds. I'm like, y'all can't be serious Dog. right now. We I'm, the the fact that people were blaming <laughs> the weather for the Wi-Fi. Said, I'm y'all, like, do y'all not know how yeah, Wi-Fi y'all can't works? Be serious, dog, on this internet. The router is inside oh, the house. Like, what are <laughs> like y'all, it don't what are y'all work talking about. <laughs> so it was it was hard oh, to hear him God. the whole time. Um, uh, yeah. That was that was weird. Um, he was also. I mean, that really. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, that really affects like the 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 outlook of the battle, right? Like, if your presentation is shitty, then you might not have much many people in your yeah. corner. Because like, if the music don't sound good, and if it's not gonna hit as hard, because like Luda had zero problems. His connection was oh, like was chilling. flawless the entire yeah. time, and he was chilling, and his music even sounded better. Like that got to affect even the outlook of like what people perceive of the mm-hmm. battle. Like certain songs they play, right? Like. I don't know. It was disappointing, yeah. at least that presentation Ludacris part of it. Ludacris is such a good host, though. Like, um, just the way he speaks, he's also a very um, admiration kind of guy, right? Where he was saying, like, um, it's been 20 years. It's an anniversary for both of us since we both dropped our first albums. You know, it was just, he was just doing really cool. Because um, uh, in the same way that uh, Jill and Erica um, kind of go together, right, in terms of his verses, um, Nelly and Ludacris pretty much go together um, in, in, in terms sure. of, of the industry. Like, this is one of those um, match-made kind of battles uh, versus that we had. Um, a lot of ones previous, you know, it's like, okay, I can see them together. But between Jill Scott, Erica, Nelly, and Ludacris, it's like, no, these are the ones that do go together for sure. Um, exactly. So, so that yeah. was great to watch. Uh, Nelly was tearing up on some of his choices, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm like, where did he get that? So he played... He played that one track that uh, it was like Body On Me. Like, I remember the song. That came out when I was in high school, I think. I remember the song when he played it, but I certainly would not have, like, in no no reality did I think he was going to pull that song out because I didn't even remember it before he played it. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot all about that. And then he played a track that he had with Biggie called A Thousand Stacks, Never heard yep. it. Never ever heard it in my yep. life. Now this is the thing. When he played it, and I was like actually li- actually listening to it, I'm like, oh, this is actually a good track. I actually kind of mm-hmm. like this. Like it, it's the chorus was good, the beat was good, but this is not a place to debut new songs. That's not what Versus is yeah. for. Like it, it didn't make any sense. And uh, yeah, man, I, I I knew there was gonna be that unfortunate sequence where he pulled out some of those pop tracks. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, that's not well, going to use any single round. He didn't even LA. do like the big pop tracks. He never touched them. He never touched um, the the country joint, the Tim McGraw, the Tim joint. McGraw joint, and he never touched the uh, the NSYNC yeah. joint. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He had, and there's another. There's another. I can't remember. Yeah, he has a, a few of those pop records that just they shouldn't be anywhere in a versus battle. Mm-hmm. But 
it was still just kind of questionable. Like he started off with na 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 the 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 record with Jazzy yeah. Faye, and then um, and Luda started with Welcome I, to Atlanta. I'm like, that's how you gonna, that's and, how you gonna right, start Nelly? That's what we doing. I'm like, you tripping? Like you cannot do that. I, and I I think Nelly I think Nelly understood that he had to play he had to play the long game. Yeah. Like he, he had, had to definitely yep. pick his spots mm-hmm. because if he played all of his stuff up front, it would have looked worse than it actually you know actually was. Yeah. But I think he picked his spots well, um, and he saved like some really good stuff for the end. Like he saved hiding here for the end. He saved dilemma, you know, for the right. end and stuff like that. Um, and there were some equally good matchups, like when they played Country Grammar versus What's Your Fantasy. That that was like both of their like singles that kind of kickstarted their careers, yep. so that fit up yep. well. Um, so there was some, there was some, there were some matchups that were actually like, oh, I don't know, mm-hmm. like that hot. Was it hiding here versus? Uh, what was it? Hot in here versus uh oh move. Yeah, it was hot in here versus move. move. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a mm-hmm. tough round because oh, like then, you can make a good rationale uh, for yeah, either. That, that was going crazy in the middle right there because and then they did dilemma versus lovers and friends. And yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is crazy. Like I, it was fire. This is actually yeah, crazy. it was fire uh, at that point. Yeah, man, it was it was it was an enjoyable battle once we got past. Uh, all the technical difficulties. I know people were clowning, saying Chingy was outside <laughs> chopping up the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, oh, just <laughs> right. I'm just like y'all are y'all are really wild for that. Yeah, uh, Lee Chingy alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it was entertaining nonetheless. Like once we got there, Nelly was clearly drunk, drunk as, as hell. hell. He had to had drunk to be as drunk, hell. Dancing, dancing around every. Yeah, he he know that those songs of. He made a lot of money off that music, so he just happy he to be just happy here. To I mean, be just happy to be I love that here. energy, dude. I love Nelly's energy. Yeah. He was just happy to be there. No. He was chilling. Seriously. It was it was it was dope. I like to see more stuff like mm-hmm. that for sure from the verses about it. But there there's, you know, even more like we just had literally just had Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. Yeah. Now I, I didn't watch that one, but I know a lot of people were looking forward to that one. Um just because like the reggaeton crowd, this is like the first one that we've had from like that sort of genre mm-hmm. of music so far. It also did really, really big numbers. I think like four hundred and fifty thousand people showed up. That was like the max. And this was the first one that was in person. Like they were both there yeah. together. This wasn't like a a duo live Instagram live situation. They were both there yeah. together. And the cops pulled up at one point. Apparently, like almost shut it down. That was kind of weird. I don't know. Um, and then like one of the upcoming ones that we have uh, that's supposed to happen: one twelve versus Jagged Edge. Uh-oh. Um, I. I, I get why they're matched up. Yep. But also at the same it's like, time, why? like why are they we up? why why are they matched up? Know. And we know who's winning, yeah. right? Like I don't. I'm I'm actually conflicted now. I was. Oh. I I understood. Yeah. Now I'm conflicted. The reason I'm conflicted is because 112 clearly has more hits. But right. Jagged Edge might have more album cuts. Okay, um, that's fair. And yeah. in, they do got a lot of albums. And in a game of 20 songs, which is still in my mind, I'm sorry, y'all. I, it's too long for me. Like, and it's too I many. understand with, like, you know, a T Pain and, and a Lil John, why it's 20 songs. But when you come to 112 and Jagged Edge, y'all doing 20 songs, I'm, <laughs> after, I'm like, y'all need to cut off at 10. Um. Yeah. They. 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 They should have so ten, and that should be I think, it. Because I. I can't think of twenty for yeah, either. And I think one twelve is going to win the hit game, but Jagged Edge okay. might end up with the long game, depending on who's watching. Depending on who's watching. Right. 
Um, like the fan depending base. Depending on the fan base. Because, you know, 112 yeah. is going to come with your your only use, your cupids. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're going to come with your um your dance. You know what I'm saying? Your, yeah. Those are all. All them hits. They, yeah. They're going to win all those rounds. But when yeah. when those rounds are over, A might have a small problem on their hands. <laughs> and that is my that is that, that is my take and so i'm conflicted because yeah. i don't know how that's going to work so we'll see what happens true well like i mean like you said it's 20 it's 20 tracks that they got to run yep. through right so like there has to be a winner for every round mm-hmm. so i mean they could win like those maybe five rounds or six rounds that they definitely got the hits better like better hits yep. that they could you know perform but like if jagged edge comes out and like the music just sounds better on certain rounds, um, and that that might give them the edge in a lot of in a lot of Jagged scenarios. Edge, they got they got them album cuts. Uh, depends on when they play it, right? Jagged Edge is smart. They will not play any of their hits with one twelve hits, except for like uh-huh. except for "Let's Get Married" and "Where the Party's At." If you want to try to beat one of one twelve hits, those are the two songs you got to use. But yeah, yeah, a lot of them other low key Jagged Edge hits, the the "Walked <laughs> Out of Heaven" and "Promise" and "I Gotta Be" and "What It's Like" and. I, they they might they might it's gonna be interesting more interesting than I thought it was initially because it's so long okay. in a shorter battle I would give it to one twelve yeah. but because it's because yeah. it's the, they're doing full twenty it's gonna be different I'm also curious to see what are all these people gonna be on live at the same time I'm confused I yeah, I don't know like is there gonna be one person by proxy yeah, or like, like I don't these going? are these are both two groups of four people like I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. That's also that's probably gonna cause a Wi-Fi a lot of issues. <laughs> knowing them, the technical difficulties with verses have just been fucking unreal. I just, I just don't understand. These people have access to the best, the best internet connections ever, but they can't even avoid it. That's kind of the funniest thing to me about all mm-hmm. of this. So, we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, more music news. Future just dropped an album, High Off Life. Uh, did you get a chance to listen of course. to this? It's Future. Huh? I always listen to it. Okay. I might always like it, but I always listen to it. Any thoughts on this so far? Uh, that's what I expected. <laughs> um, so typical future. I have not. Future fans are gonna hate me, boy. I have not liked <laughs> an entire future project since DS2, Dirty Sprite Two, and What a Time to Be Alive are the, probably the last future project I played beginning to end and not skip anything. Um, other than that, I'm always taking about three or four tracks from every album. Um, that I really enjoy listening to those. There might be some stuff in between. It's like okay, these are cool, but there's really only. F- three, four tracks um, from a future project that I'm a really bump like that. Um, and I got the same thing with this one. Honestly, uh, there are some of his tracks, some of these tracks are really good. Um, like this is one of the first future, one of the first future albums I can actually tell the song is changing. Right. Mm, You're like, okay. Oh shoot. This is a new song. Okay. I hear you. Future. Yeah. It sounds like he m- maybe went a little different directions in terms of production on this one. Uh, I don't know why. Or what that is. Even his his features are different, right? He has Travis Scott on it. He has Lil Uzi Vert on it. He has NBA Young Boy on it. Um, so th- those are like three different sounds by itself um, uh, of totally. people uh, to be on the album. And um, I guess I appreciate that about it. Um, but I'm still not sold, and I'm I still believe Future needs to calm down and actually focus <laughs> chill out uh, on a project to make another DS2, right? To make something else that can hit every track. Um, because DS2, think about it, in our college days, it was hitting every single song. Oh every, yeah, you could play, you could every just single hit track. shuffle on DS2, and the party's going crazy the whole time. Still, for um, sure. And you know, uh, I don't know what he's. Yeah, 
that's that's what I got out the album, man. Uh, a couple tracks is what I expected. Um, that's how it's been for me for a while. So that's what I got. Um, and I'm not mad at it because I still enjoy those songs. I still like, you know, I still got some songs right. out of it, but that's what it is. That adds up. Um, I have not heard it, so I have no take on the album. I can't I can't give any opinion on it. I think a lot of that is due to the fact that I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've not really been into any Futures music since DS2, and that was 2016. Um, he's dropped quite a few projects since then. Um, I did listen to Purple Rain in full, and I listened to, I remember he came out with those two albums, uh, Future Hendrix, yep. like a few years mm -hmm. ago, like the double sort of deal. I didn't listen to both of them all the way yeah. through, but I listened to a good chunk of each, mm -hmm. and that was that was kind of when I became just sort of disinterested in Future's music for the most part uh but you know it's toxic season so he had to come with some new music he had oh, to come out and like represent to. all the fuck boys in the world right like it <laughs> sucks because you can't even go out to listen to it right right like it would be perfect if we were actually outside like kicking it and like having mm -hmm. fun but can't even well new yorkers can't do that but everybody uh, else apparently in the country can do that probably uh, playing it at the like at ozarks right now Mid Missouri mm -hmm. is listening to, <laughs> to fucking future right now. High off life, like it's crazy right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Atlanta turns up right now for future. Texas probably turns up right, right. now. Uh, New York, we still yeah. we still bunker uh, down. Y'all y'all have so. fun, I guess. Right, y'all do that. I, I will live vicariously through y'all safely. Uh, seeing seeing all five thousand of y'all in a video, right. um, slowly dying. But <laughs> yeah, just want to throw that on there and see 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 what oh, you thought but, about um, it. Uh, move wait, also, uh, Gunna's album came yeah. out. Gun um, yes, yes, he did, and it's the same as Futures. There's a couple tracks on it, but it really sounds like a mixtape, and most of the songs are forgettable. But there's a couple tracks on there that you're gonna like, just because. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to a few of the tracks uh, off of Gunna's. I did get around to that one, and yeah, like I, I, so far, I heard like what I heard, yeah. I liked. I don't know how much of that is going to continue. Mm -hmm. I, I'm also wondering if the ones that I do like so far, like, will that be yeah. it? Will there it's be also, more that I like? Also, I don't it's know. also 18 tracks. It's a lot of tracks. That is, it's, it's a lot of tracks, and I'm also that that whole idea of like super long albums is just not really that appealing to me anymore but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep listening to it i'm also doing something different i'm listening to it on shuffle which i, I oh, never wow. do um but i guess for like an artist like gunna who i'm not really that i don't follow him that much but i do listen to his music occasionally like i'm fine with just like doing the whole shuffle tactic like let's just hear the songs mm -hmm. and just like go from there you know and see what i like mm -hmm. so we'll see but yeah he i forgot he did drop an album so definitely um all the gunna fans out there want to know what you think about about his new project i know people were talking about that album artwork a lot of a lot of people have feedback on that like i heard some people say like it was dope and i heard some other people criticize like this is trash like he has trash art album yeah. artwork um I, I don't know i don't have i don't know what it, side i'm on that but yeah that's whatever i guess it is it is what it is um moving on from music though uh we got to talk about uh, a little bit of wrestling news um WWE, WWE Network, um, has most recently just debuted a brand new limited series similar to what we've been watching with Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. Uh, they've actually taken one of their biggest stars and, and have given him his own limited series. We have The Last Ride, which is documenting uh, the, the, the last three years of Undertaker's career, um, which we still don't know if it's over yet. Like He still hasn't technically retired, but... These most recent three years are the focus of the show, and we've gotten three episodes thus far um, out of the last ride. Um, so far, I haven't watched episode three, but I've watched the first couple, and man, this is a this is a huge inside look into the Undertaker that we've never seen before. Well, we see full human 
Mark Calloway, yeah. like the the makeup's off, the, the 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 long leather coat, trench coat is off, the black hat is off. Like this is as human as he's ever been. Um, out of character, you're seeing everything behind the scenes, the surgeries, the pain that he goes through, uh, some of these matches that just didn't go over well in his past few years of his career, and just everything he's been dealing with as a as a professional wrestler. As he's certainly at the end of his career, like the man's like fifty five at this point, so he's still still going out there and performing. Uh, but it's been it's been one of their, I would say, one of their rawest documentaries yeah. uh, thus far, just because of how real it's been, especially for his character, which has been so protected and guarded for thirty years at this point. Right? right? We've gotten we've gotten to see stuff from him that we've never seen before um, thus far. So it's it's really a really a big big inside mm-hmm. look so far. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it's it's one of my favorite parts uh, has honestly been um, to see what kind of mentor he's been um, inside of the locker room with the other stars, um, with the other WWE superstars, uh, because it's always something I kind of wondered um, as as his personality, right? Like just Undertaker as a person. I'm like, I wonder, does he talk to these dudes a lot, <laughs> or if he if he yeah. says much? Um, because of course. You already know people look up to him, but how much does he give back? Uh, I guess in my mind is something I always wanted to know. Um, so it was one of my favorite aspects of watching uh, Last Ride is seeing some of these other big superstars that I love just talk about them and you know tell them uh, tell us how they feel or the things that they've done for him, um, them in the industry. For sure, he's always been considered like the locker room leader for such a long yeah. time in his career, mm-hmm. right? Like he's always been that sort of stoic figure backstage that everybody goes to for advice, everybody looks up to, um, because he's been there for the exactly. longest. He's been there through through it all, right. right? And I know episode two focused a lot on the relationship between him and Vince McMahon, which is a really, I think, really probably the most poignant thing we've seen so far, just to see how close they are and how Undertaker's never left, you know, WWE, and he's never left, you know, you know being sort of, one of Vince's closest, you know, um, employees and all of that. So it's been a really, yeah, really, really deep inside look into the careers. I think it's kind of fascinating, right? Because, again, we, we've we never seen The Undertaker out of character like this. Mm-hmm. Like, that man don't break character for shit. Like, he he believes in that. So this has been this has been incredible to look at. You know, more episodes are coming. I think it's going to be five parts. So three are out now, and they have two more coming in a few weeks. So we'll see how yeah. that looks. Um in more wrestling news, uh, this is certainly a more unfortunate incident. Really, really sad, actually. Um, we just found out recently about the passing of uh, former WWE wrestler Shad Gaspard, um, who was 39 years old. Um, if you don't know Shad, he was uh, in WWE for a few years as a part of Crime Time um, with his partner JTG. Yeah. Um, and they were in the company for, for a few, they, they, their first stint with the company was about a year and a half and then they got let go, but then they came back and did like another, I think three years with the company. Um, and after he left WWE, um, he was pursuing sort of a career in Hollywood. He, he popped up in a few things. I didn't, I didn't really realize this. Like he was in think like a man too. Didn't remember that. Um, yeah, I I don't remember that. I don't know if he was like an extra or what is role or contributions that was um but he has a credit for that he also did the motion capture for the most recent god of war game he did the motion capture for kratos um for that god of war game that came out you know a couple years ago. what crazy stuff yeah like 
I'm just like, whoa, this man's actually been like doing some some really dope stuff since he left wrestling. But all the while, he's still been performing on like the independent circuit. Um, but he unfortunately passed a, a, away a few days yeah. ago. Um, him and his son, uh, they were in Venice Beach and they went out, you know, for a swim, you know, with their family. And um, as they were out there, there was a strong riptide um, that they came across and a lot of people were in danger. And the lifeguards, you know, they went to go rescue folks. Um, and then when they made it to Shad and his son, um, Shad had instructed the lifeguard, you know, to save his son before me, save my son first, which the lifeguard followed those instructions. And unfortunately, as he did that, uh, Shad had got um, pretty much taken away by a huge wave from this riptide. And for the first few days, um, he was, you know, declared missing and they had conducted a search and then they suspended the search because they didn't find anything. But then uh, three days after he disappeared, um, his body had washed ashore and they were quickly able to identify that it was him. Um, and he unfortunately passed away. Um, but it's crazy, man. He was uh, he was only 39, but he passed away you know, essentially being a hero, yeah. you know, saving his son yep. um, amidst, amidst all of that happening. And I think just for me to see all of the things that have come out after about Shad, like the outpouring of love and support that he's gotten from literally the entire wrestling, professional wrestling community, like there's not been a single bad thing uttered about him or his right. name. Like everybody from Vince to Triple H to The Rock to everybody's come out to say something about Shad and all the folks that have like come out and said things about him have said nothing but positive, you know, um, words about him and his family. And I know his family just started a foundation, like a fund, the Shad Gaspar, like fun, like a GoFundMe sort of mm -hmm. deal. And a lot of people, Chris Jericho's contributed to it. John Cena made a contribution to it, a pretty big contribution to it. Um, it's just great to see all of the outpouring, but it's such a sad and unfortunate incident to lose him so early. Yeah, man. So sad. Um, shout out to him, man. He's part of our uh, our upbringing, low key with crime time. Totally, you know what I mean. Uh, you know we've we've been WWE fans pretty much our whole lives. Um, so to see, um, I guess people uh, respect his legacy as much as they do is really amazing. Um, especially in a, in a in a, such a dark time. Um, shoot, shout out to him for shoot. Without crime time, you know, uh, will we even get some of these other groups that we have? You know what I mean? Will we have the new day? Um, would we have um, street profits? You know what I mean. Like I don't yeah. even know these these are these new very successful black groups um, in WWE would exist uh, potentially without the work that he did. Um, so it's it's crazy, man. Yeah, well said, well said for sure. Um, certainly, you know, RIP to Shag Gaspard, uh, sending condolences and thoughts to his family, you know, in particular his wife and his son um, during his time. It's just a really unfortunate thing, but he left, he certainly left an impre impressive legacy um, behind on his way out, so definitely just want to pay respect to him. Um, and with all that said, man, that brings us to the end of episode 21 of Two Black Nerds. Certainly, it's been a few weeks since we, we've come to y'all, but we certainly had to get back on this and talk about all of the new things that we've been a part of and that we've seen. Again, you know, thank you to the people who tuned in with us this past week for the Two Black Nerds Movie Club. We will be coming at it again soon. Um, certainly appreciate all of y'all continuing to support us as a platform and as a podcast. If you do not do so um, thus far, please follow Two Black Nerds on Instagram and Twitter and tell a friend about our podcast. Tell one person yes. to check out Two Black Nerds upcoming soon. We ain't got nothing else to do. Um, if you're following the rules, you ain't got nothing else to do. Um, tell a friend to listen to the podcast. 
leave a friendly rating um, definitely show your support and as always man just appreciate y'all yes most definitely um, thank you so much for tuning in um, every time we come over the episode it hasn't been weekly for obvious reasons but I just still appreciate the support we get uh, thank you for the people who continuously to show up for the Two Black Nights Movie Club um, uh, like Jordan said we'll continue um, to put out more information about that um, uh, as soon as we can thank y'all so much again this has been another episode of Two Black Nerds man where we're too black too nerdy and we out peace look at you ranging and dirt them in vodka talking to Millie yo pussy I got her came out the travel hood nigga Romada pulled in the back with the truck in the front smoking on gas two five in the blunt popping new tags it's one over one I got them chopsticks sang on the lunch came out the creek had to jump off a ton made off the streets I came up from a crumb two thousand just for the shoes I put on spin out and do a three six for nothing freestyling while I got cushion on my lung crack of that Burberry that's what I'm on paid out the club that's a quarter million